Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we'll give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Jason Hunt of Fresh Crowd and Merged Media. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce Adult Site Broker Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With Adult Site Broker Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at adultsitebroker.com for more details. First of all, today let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. A major financial sector crisis surrounding the implosion of German e-commerce bank Wirecard has affected some adult industry merchants, mainly in Europe, according to sources in the payment processing sector. Wirecard, as Forbes reported, has collapsed with debts of almost $4 billion after the company admitted that around $2 billion of cash on its books didn't actually exist. The company's financial solvency had been questioned by investors surrounding a series of reports by the Financial Times regarding their business practices and accounting. Wirecard started in 1999 and with a long history in processing payments for adult businesses, describes itself as a fully integrated digital financial commerce platform. It is part of the fintech sector. This week, Wirecard CEO and CTO Marcus Braun resigned and was arrested over the missing $2 billion. Payment platform Paxum has announced minor changes to its services in response to Wirecard's filing for insolvency in a Munich court. A rep explained, as a regulated financial entity, Paxum holds accounts with numerous banks and financial institutions worldwide. This diversity enables Paxum to switch Euro funding instructions to an alternative bank to process clients' incoming and outgoing Euro payments. Paxum Euro funding instructions are being actively updated, and any client that needs assistance should contact Paxum directly for more information. The company stressed that the U.S. dollar funding is not affected and remains fully available for Paxum clients. The UK Adult Professionals, or UCAP nonprofit, has released a COVID-19 toolkit for studios, performers, and content creators working in the UK adult industry, which includes recommendations for risk assessment and a waiver template. The toolkit provides recommendations on how to create and produce adult content safely, taking into consideration the risks regarding COVID-19. The group felt it was important to release the information to everyone, not just to their own members. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. This week, we're featuring a premium tube site. The owner originally bought a tube script, but revised it by adding the following. An option for premium videos on a pay-per-sale basis, multi-language functionality, tabs, Banners in different sizes with the option to add keywords and view stats. A pop underscript, A pre-roll system to show pre-rolls on VR as well as 2D videos. An option so you can import embedded content in bulk from other tubes. The site has over 20,000 non-exclusive videos and trailers. 
The site acts as an affiliate for all the studios and earns on a rev share or PPS model while sending traffic to those sites. The traffic is 90% direct and 10% affiliate. This is a great custom tube site for a company that already has traffic to send to the tube that they want to monetize. Everything is plug and play. This is an outstanding product for campsites, tubes, or any other site that wants to better monetize their traffic. And it's selling for only $125,000. Now time for this week's interview. Today on Adult Site Broker Talk, I'm speaking to Jason Hunt, the CMO at Merge Media, which includes Jason's original company, Fresh Crowd. Jason, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Always a pleasure. Now, uh, this is from the Fresh Crowd website. Uh, Fresh Crowd is a social media marketing agency that uses Facebook and Instagram advertising to grow your business. They're located in Toronto, Canada, and full disclosure, I just signed on with them as a client, and I'm pretty darn excited about it. Um, they are a full-service social media agency that specializes and is passionate about everything social media, from social media management to Facebook and Instagram advertising. They're proud to have been able to offer their services to businesses all over North America and across the world. Their social media marketing services are strictly meant to help business owners like you reach a wider audience, increase the traffic to your website, expand brand awareness, convert more leads to sales, improve customer satisfaction, and become a thought leader in your community. Did I leave anything out, Jason? Couldn't have said it better myself. Ah, sure you could. Um, now, now, briefly tell me about Merge Media, how the uh, merger came about, and how the two companies worked together. Absolutely. So um, originally, Fresh Crowd has started back in uh, 2016. You know, it was uh, I was a sweat equity in the business, and my brother-in-law was funding the business. So that allowed me the opportunity to really hit the ground running, going door to door. Uh, ranking up a, a lot of uh, new clients. We actually amassed 100 clients in our first year, which was awesome. Um, and then we just expanded to a, a full-fledged uh, team uh, specializing in social media marketing, everything from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that jazz. And then uh, fast forward to 2019, and, and that was becoming a bit of a dinosaur, just being a social media agency. So um, what I did was I merged my agency with an SEO and a web design company to form Merged Media, and uh, now we're a full-service agency. We can offer a lot more than just Facebook, Instagram advertising. We can do SEO, web design, Google Ads, all that stuff. Well, that's good because when you're dealing with, uh, when you're dealing with uh, a lot of the clients, uh, they have those needs, so why not take care of them? Well, that was a big problem. That was a big pain point for a lot of our clients as we were losing out on opportunities because you know people at businesses, business owners, directors, they don't want to deal with three or four different people for all of their digital assets. So yeah. now you just have one point person. We pride ourselves on being the one-stop digital shop, and you can have everything taken care of uh, with us at Merge Media. Now, how would you get involved in the adult space? Good question. So back in uh, 2012, I was actually the first employee hired by Grand Slam Media. Mm. And uh, so that, yeah, that allowed me an opportunity to really, you know, get my toes into the industry and, and, and network and rub shoulders with a lot of people that I've had friendships with for years. So, sure. you know, attending a lot of those trade shows. So when I, when I, when 
things ended at Grand Slam and I went over to start my own business, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really had to proof the concept. You know, I, I was trying it out on a lot of local businesses because mm-hmm. one thing I didn't want to do is come back to this industry too prematurely when I didn't have a really good product to provide. Because as you know, it, all it takes is coming back and, and, and you know, ruining a free bridges by not having a good product. Um, that's all it takes because, you know, people talk. Especially, so sure especially in adults. Yeah. So we had to make sure things were polished and we had a good product uh, mm-hmm. that provided results. So it, it took about a, probably about a year and a half of doing uh, Fresh Crowd before it was, uh, was comfortable enough coming back to the trade shows. And now I have the uh, fortunate opportunity to speak at a lot of these shows, which is yeah. amazing. Um, and, and it's been great. I love it. Yeah, that's how I became familiar with you was uh, your, uh, your speeches at, uh, at TES. Yeah, TES. I've had the opportunity to speak at uh, TES, uh, which has been a great opportunity, as well as uh, the Affiliate Summit, um, uh, amongst a a ton of uh, mainstream trade shows as well. DMI Expo is another one as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's great. Anytime you can go and and put yourself on a a stage and position yourself as the authority and travel at the same time, it's a pretty amazing thing. Not a bad deal. Now, how has the recent pandemic affected social media marketing in general yeah so it it, and this one really depends on on what industry we're talking here so you know Mm -hmm. my company we work with a lot of let's talk about adults yeah sure so so aside from the 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 restaurants and dental clients that we work with which Mm -hmm. are obviously affected on this side of the fence fortunately in the digital space we're all in an area where we can easily pivot. You know what I mean? We can pivot our activities, you know, e-commerce and affiliate marketing. Um, if you're marketing the right product is huge right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, recently, Amazon cut back affiliate payouts. But um, that just means mm-hmm. you, you have to pivot. I mean, you're not stuck in, in, a, in a little box where you are a little mama-papa restaurant where you can't do anything. You can do stuff in the digital space in our industry to pivot and still generate revenue for yourself. Okay. Now, what are some of the biggest challenges your business is facing today? So one of the big challenges would be that, you know, it's, one, it's not really, well, it's a challenge, but it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. So, um, you know, working in a social media space, it's a fast growing industry. It's changing every mm-hmm. month, every day, it seems like. So, sure. um, you know, we do have to be nimble. We have to be able to adapt really quickly to the changes that happen. Ad mm-hmm. placements and, and, and how well they're monetized are, are always changing. So we need to be ahead of the curve for our clients mm-hmm. to ensure that we're getting the best results and, you know, uh, taking advantage of those new ad units when they come out. Hmm. Okay. And oh, I mean, what's changing more than anything else right now? What do you what do you see? Uh, what do you see as the biggest change recently in dealing with social media? Well, I think the biggest change is, is the fact that you know we can't uh, people you can't sell on social the way you used to. You know, organic reach is is pretty much dead, meaning when you post really? organically to your profile, yeah, you're reaching a very limited amount of people. And mm-hmm. and that's the, the misconception when somebody thinks they're doing social media um, just by posting on their page. Um, it's not really time well spent because the mm-hmm. eyeballs that are seeing that is roughly 5% of your follower base on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Okay, so so that's why you, I mean Facebook wants to make money. So you need hmm. to leverage you leverage the paid ad side of it to grow that following. To put your product in front of new people, you really need to take advantage of the paid side, which is a good thing because there's no other platform out, out there in the world that's as, mm-hmm. that's as good as Facebook in terms of getting in, that message in front of the right user. Now, is Facebook changing those algorithms intentionally? To make it so the best way that you can take advantage of it is by advertising, do you think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, it's it's a supply. I mean, there's there's a an allotted amount of inventory on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Facebook and all Facebook really cares about is that user experience sure. at the end of the day, right? So they don't want to, they want to make the ads that are presented to you are based on the behaviors and the activities that you do on Facebook. So if you have a tendency sure. to click on content, to go over to a website and purchase a product, well, there's a mm-hmm. good chance you're going to see a lot of e-commerce products in your newsfeed because Facebook sees, well, this is content that, that matters matters to you. And right. if you're somebody that engages on, you know, it, it clicks on content and likes to download free eBooks, well, you're going to see a lot more eBook content in your newsfeed, right? Yeah. Hey, and, and, you know, people always complain. I don't like looking at Facebook because I get all these baby photos and I don't want to look at baby <laughs> photos all day. Well, then stop liking baby photos. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. What you like is what you get. That's um, right. Exactly. So, so why should someone advertise on Facebook? I well, first of all, there's over two billion people on the platform. So, you know, a lot of B two B, yeah, a lot of B two Bs, especially, they're like, well, my my audience is not on Facebook. They are on Facebook, mm-hmm. and and you know, they're on there. They they might not be in you know buy mode or sell mode because mm-hmm. they're sitting beside their wife or husband in bed at eleven o'clock at night scrolling through the feed. Mm-hmm. But it's you use the platform in a way to storyboard your customer journey, meaning that, you know, you can get the right message in front of that person at the right time. So Mm -hmm. let's say you have a, a, just an example, you know, let's say you have a 60 second video of yourself explaining your business and what you do. Mm -hmm. Well, what you do is you serve that to a cold audience on Facebook, get people to develop a a rapport with you, a familiarity, because that's Mm -hmm. the idea. Because what we want to do is retarget people that watch 50% of that one minute video with a very specific call to action to drive that traffic to your website. If you try to run, if you try to run an ad to drive traffic directly to your website with any, any, without any value provided up front or any familiarity, it's going to be a higher cost per click. Bottom mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. right? And the intent there is as well, because you got to think, you're also going to get a lot of people probably clicking. Um, it's not going to be a quality click. They're clicking, they're bouncing. And anytime you have somebody bounce off your website or landing mm-hmm. page, Facebook looks at that as a poor experience, and they serve your ad to less people, meaning your ad cost is going to go up. Oops. Yep. That ain't good. Nope. So how can someone get started advertising on Facebook? Uh, call me. No. Oh, <laughs> just, no easy you know what? Yeah, I know. You know to, to get started is, is, is simple. You need to have your ad account set up. You need to generate what's called a Facebook pixel from that ad account. And what that pixel is going to do, you're going to put that pixel uh, on your website because that's going to allow you the opportunity to retarget those users that are visiting your website. Okay. Um, But that's the very first thing. Before you even run a Facebook ad, make sure you install that pixel. That pixel allows you the opportunity to uh, retarget people that have visited your website in the last 180 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's super important. Okay. 
why do people succeed and also why do they fail in doing Facebook advertising? And give me yeah, some pat- examples as well. Sure. So patience, you know, people run an ad and we always say, you know, in the first month, the first month, we're just trying to develop a bucket of people that are familiar with your brand. You know, right. that's all it is. It's just, it's just basically people seeing that, that logo, that blog post, that ebook, whatever it is, we just need to bring awareness up front. Mm-hmm. And then on this, on and then next, we're going to be retargeting those people with a very specific type of ad. So it's, it's deploying mm-hmm. the patience because, um, you know, think about somebody's thought process when they're going through their Facebook feed, right? Mm-hmm. They're just scrolling. And right. one thing you don't want to do is, is, is add noise to the conversation. You know, you want to, you want to provide something that's going to be disruptive, something that's going to stand out and something that's going to be memorable because if, if it's not those three things and people are just scrolling by it, then they're not going to really get, they're not going to get a good result at all. And a lot of people think they're doing Facebook advertising by pressing that boost button. Well, that's that's not exactly, uh, effectively Facebook advertising because what's happening here is when you select the boost button, you're telling Facebook to put your ad in front of as many people as possible right. without any intention of, 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 you know, targeting people that have a tendency to engage or become a lead or click. You're just telling Facebook to put the ad in front of anybody. So mm-hmm. what are you optimizing for? Right. You're optimizing for people that scroll through their feed. So they're just whipping by, whipping by your content. Yeah, great. You got 10,000 impressions, but nobody clicked on it. That's what happens when you boost. Okay. So the main failures are when people do the boost function? Lack of patience and mm-hmm. boosting. Yeah, okay. lack of patience. And, and, and I shouldn't say that. Lack of patience and expecting a result from boosting. Okay. Because, you know, boosting can have its benefits. If you, if you want to, you know, top a funnel, you want to boost some content out there and see how something performs on a smaller mm-hmm. scale. Let's say you're going to put $10 into a boost. That'll right. give you some That'll give you some good insight as to whether or not um, Facebook likes a piece of content and whether or not people are how people are consuming that content. But right. if you're trying to expect leads off of a boost, forget about it. You know. But but isn't that basically noise? And if so, why would why would Facebook even allow it? Besides the obvious, Facebook obvious Facebook want, they they want to make money, right? They, they it's do. easy. Busy business. Most business owners don't have the time, don't have the time to dive into the mm-hmm. X's and O's of, of, of Facebook Ads Manager. Mm-hmm. So why not just put a big blue boost button there and it's click credit card done? It's just yeah. so easy. But really, well, yeah. You but didn't you? But didn't you say their number one goal is engagement? Yeah. So engagement is is super important on on Facebook, and and mm-hmm. we use engagement as a way to you know get people to engage in a piece of content, so we can mm-hmm. retarget them with a more aggressive ad. Right. Okay. So so and Facebook loves engagement because it's a community, right? right? Facebook likes people cl- clicking on like buttons, and 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 Facebook groups is is super big right now, and okay. you probably see this yourself when you open up your newsfeed, you're gonna see you know um, a bunch of content from people that have Facebook groups because yes. that is it's cultivating community, and people are mm-hmm. talking, and people are commenting, and and that mm-hmm. type of stuff Facebook loves. So if you can mm-hmm. create a piece of content. That can that can that can that can get that type of engagement. Then Facebook's going to find that favorable, and you're going to find your ad cost or engagement cost very low. Now, how do people succeed doing Facebook advertising besides calling you, of course? 
Yeah. So if you want to succeed in Facebook ads, what you need to do is, is, you know, it's build out a campaign. Think about the story of, of that customer that you're trying to get in front of. So when they see, uh, for example, let's say you're an ad network trying to get in front of, uh, trying to get in front of affiliates, right? So that first ad should probably be something along the lines of, of, Maybe showing people the benefits, addressing the pain point, um, giving somebody value, some tips on affiliate marketing. Okay, right. it could be a, it could be a one minute video. Now, okay. once people watch, let's say people watch thirty seconds of that one minute video, the next ad is going to be a short little screen share video of how to navigate the platform and how sim- simple it is to navigate the platform to run your first ad, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you re- then you can retarget people that either could watch ten seconds of that. 30 seconds of that, and then mm-hmm. we target them with a testimonial. We love closing with testimonials. Those mm-hmm. work really, really well because okay. it addresses – a lot of times you can get a testimonial to address any objections that that mm-hmm. user might have. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, a it's, good in, it's interesting you say that because I'm gathering those for a new iteration of my website right now. So. Those are great. I mean, they're great. Yeah. I mean, but if if you throw up a testimonial to a cold audience that doesn't know who the hell you are, well, yeah, you're not going to – nobody's going to – no one's going to give a shit, you know? Exactly, exactly. Now, you mentioned Facebook groups. Um, how can somebody u- utilize groups successfully in a business? Yeah, so face- Facebook groups, the opportunity that lies there is positioning your business as the as a thought leader. So, for example, right. if, if you created – let's say you created a, a Facebook group for Adult Site Broker, mm-hmm. okay, and you just talked about, you know – um, you know, giving people, trying to sell, let's say every single post was, Hey, sell your website through me, sell your website through me. You know, I got these great websites Buy them. No one's going to engage in that content. So yes. no one's going to see that content within the group, but you run, you have a lot of great content around marketing, which mm-hmm. can actually provide value to a lot of people out there. And you're not selling a single thing. You're just providing that sure. value. So maybe I would use Facebook, a Facebook group as a way to not just push these your articles, but mm-hmm. create a question that's going to spur a conversation around that article. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, do you, like an example could be, you know, um, what's the, you know, what's the most productive time of the day for you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and you probably have a blog post relating to that topic that could get people talking and Facebook sees that engagement in the comments and they're going to push that out to more people. Interesting. Interesting. What is the biggest challenge you have when managing someone's social media campaign? Uh, the biggest challenge when managing a social media campaign, is, you know, it's it's usually the, the first month because the first month there's always going to be growing pains um, because when – when, when we're running a campaign, you need to get in line because when you're running social media for a company, you're, you're representing their brand. Mm-hmm. And you know, I might have a certain opinion on what's going to work on social, but I also mm-hmm. need to marry up that sentiment with the person's brand. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm going out there and, and, and talking about, um, let's say I'm going out there and talking about how to speak on stage on your social media. Uh, mm-hmm. But really that has nothing to do with your following. You might kind of be like, Jay, why are you posting this stuff? It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with my audience where me, I'm more like, well, Hey, maybe your audience are a lot of these speakers and thought leaders that you might want to get in front of because this content is going to resonate with that audience. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of the, that first month figuring that out. And usually what happens is, is let's say um, a client's like, okay, Jay, just go ahead and do it. And I do, 
do it and I come back to the table and it's like, hey, here are the results from that piece of content that we put out there in an ad. And then, you know, you could be like, hey, yeah, you're right. That actually does work with that audience. Or it could be an epic fail. And I'm like, okay, maybe we'll just stick on brand. You know your audience best. So let's go that route. You know what I mean? But it's trying to board. Yeah, exactly. It's trial and error in that first month. But once you get through that first month and and you're on the same page, um, it's smooth sailing from there. Right. Okay. Okay. Where, where can somebody uh, go to learn more about your company? You? Sure. So, yeah, they could. Uh, you can always book a strategy call with me by going to uh, merged.ca, M-E-R-G-E-D.ca, or freshcrowd.com. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you can give me a follow on Instagram uh, or Twitter at J-A-Y-H-U-N-T. O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L, J Hunt Official. I'm pretty active on Instagram, post a lot of videos and, and video content out there that provides value to my uh, followers. Okay. Now, you talk a lot about video, okay? How important is video when either posting or advertising on Facebook? Yeah, fa- video is is super important, um, you know, because mm-hmm. – you, you have the ability to get in front of people that watch an entire video. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, have an, you have an opportunity to do that. Plus, a lot of people – now, the thing with Facebook is this. People don't consume video on Facebook the same way they consume video on YouTube, okay. right? YouTube, people are consuming, you know, long-tailed content. They're getting out their a bowl of popcorn, and they're consuming YouTube content in big mm-hmm. chunks, Facebook, okay. there people have FOMO on Facebook, so they just sure. want to watch probably about a minute of your video, and they're on to the next one. Okay, okay? You know, anytime I've posted anything more than ten minutes on Facebook, nobody's watching till the end. They're just mm-hmm. not. So you, you need to make sure that you're you know you're you're putting that long tail content lives on mm-hmm. YouTube. Okay, you can, see those um, met- you can see those metrics by the way, as far as oh, how, yeah. how long they watch. Of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. So, okay. so, but when you, but, but the thing is this, and not everything needs to be video because, you know, mm-hmm. in some cases, images on Facebook still work really, really well. Right. So it's a matter, it's a matter of testing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You talk a lot about, also about Instagram. Now, how important is Instagram? When should somebody use it and when shouldn't they use it? Sure. Instagram is owned by Facebook. So, right. um, so, you know, when you're running ads on Facebook, you can also run them on Instagram as well. Um, Instagram is a visual platform, more of a, you know, a millennial demographic is, is living on that platform. Um, you know, Facebook, you're, you're when people scroll through Facebook, you know, they're getting fa- they're getting their news from Facebook. Right. They're usually, right. You're usually not getting your news from Instagram. Um, okay. So Instagram's I like Instagram. I'm a visual guy and I like consuming my content in a visual manner. So I do prefer Instagram, uh, but I'm also always on Facebook as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's the big difference. So when somebody create when you create a piece of content for Instagram, it should look a little different than Facebook. Right. Okay. Um, the, the size is the size of the image that you use is typically different. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different. Um, be also, um, it's going to be a square. Right. Oh, or on Facebook, okay. it's more rectangle. Okay. Right. So um, and that's just the way it just looks better in the feed, blends mm-hmm. in better in the feed. And uh, if, if, if you have the content customized for the platform, then mm-hmm. that platform is going to show it to more people. Interesting. And uh, do you think do you think uh, Instagram is a little bit underrated? Um, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's i think it's just gonna like everything is moving this way like think about it like this the fastest growing demographic on facebook are women and men 50 plus mm-hmm. right it's been like that for years and then mm-hmm. you got people on instagram which are the millennials right mm-hmm. so 
I see this as going as every single generation is going to move on and evolve to that next platform, much like mm-hmm. TikTok. Right, sure. TikTok is the really young demo right now that's, that's living on TikTok. Yes. TikTok, so, and, and soon enough, Instagram is probably going to take on a lot of that functionality that TikTok has. So yeah. I foresee people from TikTok will move on to maybe Instagram. People on Instagram move on to Facebook, and vice versa. Right. So people that are that 50 plus crowd that are on Facebook are going to more and more going to go on Instagram and well, become more I, proficient with. And whatever's next, right? Whatever's I mean, next. <laughs> you, you, exactly. you know there will you know there will be other other platforms that will come. Well, think of it this way, right? Like you know, when you're if you're a grandparent, you know what's the best way to you know you want to see your grandkids as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you're on Facebook. Right. But if your grandkids are not on Facebook, well, those grandparents are going to follow them on the platform that they're on. So the attention's going to going to go down to Instagram if they're on Instagram or potentially maybe TikTok. I'm interested to see what happens to, you know, the viewership on TikTok in in 5, 10 years when, you know, they maybe get out of that phase of or the short attention span phase of creating or consuming 15-second videos. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Is there any is there any business value to TikTok? Um, so TikTok advertise, it's interesting because Facebook, when you advertise on Facebook, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Facebook audience network and audience network is a, is a series of websites and apps that are connected to Facebook. So a lot of them, you might not know all the sources where your ad, Facebook ad is going to be showing. Like hmm. you could be on da- daily motion. You could be on, hmm. you could be on TikTok. I found our own ad on TikTok. That's how I figured that out is I'm like, whoa, why am I advertising on TikTok? I did contacted Facebook, my ads. Did Facebook buy that too? Facebook. I don't, I don't think Facebook, that, they're not a partner of Facebook, but they're, they're part of Facebook's audience network. Now, how long oh, that's going to okay. last, I don't know. Um, and it's not like I can target just TikTok, but when you're advertising on Facebook's audience network, there's a chance that your ad could show up on TikTok if your target audience is on TikTok. If your target audience is on TikTok. Okay, got it, got it. So if you've got a really young demographic, you might end up on TikTok. Exactly. Well, I mean, not, I mean I'm on TikTok. And, uh, you know, and so there are people like myself that are on TikTok, um, that, that are consuming the content. And that's the thing. If I'm on TikTok, there's a good chance that oh, you're on. Be- I, I see. I see. Okay. I yeah. Thank you. Mentioned yeah. Content I gotta be on it, Bruce. I gotta be on uh, them all. You gotta be everywhere, man. Hey, well, you know, another one right now, another, uh, there's hmm. one more platform that's, uh, kind of emerging right now with the, in the times that we're in and that's house party, house party right. app. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a pretty cool app. It's like a video, you know, you can have video, uh, you know, a bunch of friends in one room. You're having like a video kind of a call, but you can also, it's interactive. So there's games involved. You can do trivia, Pictionary. It's, it's, there's no, uh, I'm assuming if if you can buy house party stocks, buy them now because everybody's jumping on this platform to communicate with their friends. Interesting. I'll leave you with one more question. If you had one piece of advice for business people managing their social media or advertising on social media, what would it be? Make it a priority. I think social media is always on the list of things to do for businesses. It's just Mm -hmm. never near the top. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity that's being missed for businesses that are not prioritizing social media because Mm -hmm. the attention is very, very, very underpriced. Right. Uh, meaning you can get, you know, the cost per impression is very low. Um, right. if nothing else, you know, even if you're not doing it for, you know, direct ROI, do it mm-hmm. for the branding 
And I know Bruce, you're not, you're not a big fan of the word branded, but you know there is a huge benefit to it because as, it's just, as I laugh, <laughs> the, co- the the cost of entry is very low on, on social media, right? And and if you have a, a proficient team to to help you out with that, or somebody at your company, then then you should get them on that and have them make that their top priority because sure. you know we've seen it firsthand. You know you can mm-hmm. reap the benefits of it and, and see amazing um, amazing benefits to your bottom line if if done correctly. If you do marketing and if you do branding, which goes along with your marketing, well, you should make lots of money. There's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. It's always been my always been my feeling on it. But uh, hey, we could we could we could we could talk another forty five minutes about that. But we'll do that oh, the yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. Jason, I'd really like to thank you very much for being on Adult Slave Broker Talk today, and I hope to get you back very soon on a future show. Thanks again. Thanks, Bruce. Cheers. My broker tip today is part seven of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Let's talk about some of the factors that influence the sales price of a website. Number one is always profit. It will be a multiple of the profit, and that multiple is based on whether the profit is trending up or trending down and how fast it's trending up or down. I've seen valuations of as much as five times, although that's very rare. Normally, it's in the two and a half to four times area. I've also seen valuations of one time if the profit is taking a nosedive. If a site hasn't been monetized, then it's all about the amount and the quality of the traffic. If a sale is based on traffic, it'll be a multiple of what the traffic would sell for on the open market. What are the sources of traffic? Direct traffic, search engine traffic, and review traffic are the most valuable. Tube traffic is the least valuable. Is the traffic reliable and sustainable? What is the traffic history? In a rare case, the valuation will be based upon revenue. The same factors apply to that as to profit, and the valuations will, of course, be lower than those of profits. How old is the website? Is the domain a .com or something else? .com is still king. What is its Alexa rating? How many inbound links are there? How much staff does it take to run the site? How many email addresses do you have? In the case of a dating site, that's very important. Another factor can be the reverse engineering cost. How much would it cost to build the site from scratch and drive the same amount of traffic to it? And how much time would be involved? What's the lifetime value of a customer on the site? We'll have more broker tips next week. And next week, we'll be talking to attorney Chad Anderson, a.k.a. Chad Knows Law. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jason Hunt. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.